Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. When you move into the projects, don't nobody come and greet you. Somebody say, hey, welcome to the projects. Welcome to hell. <laughs> Somebody do that. But when you in a gated community, oh, these white people want to meet you. I'm sitting in my house minding my own business. Doorbell rang. I opened the door. 400 white people outside my door. I ain't going to lie. I panicked. I panicked. I panicked. I slammed the door and called the police. They protesting. They protesting. Who's protesting? All of them. And I'm so terrified when the police get there. I still got the chain on the door. I open the door. I say what they say. They say they are not protesting. They are coming to greet you. They have. I looked out there. White folks had baked goods and little baskets. And shit. I'm like, oh, they want to they meet a brother. All right. All right. I'm like, hey, what's happening? Hello, everybody. That was Elise Sadiq. This is week two, live from quarantine. I'm Tom Takar. This is Stand Up with Tom Takar. Elise Sadiq, I hope you like that clip. You can see that on the social media, Comedy Central social media. You can see clips just like that on their Instagram and their Twitter. Uh, Check out his half hour from 2016. That's what that clip is from. I watched that whole clip, and I watched his half hour today. Great half hour. There's more to that bit where that came from, but for a social, they got to chop things down to a minute, but that's a solid bit. So watch the whole thing. Ali Sadiq, finalist on NBC's Bring the Funny last year. So you probably already know about him, but if you don't, very strong comedian. Like I said, I'm Tom Takar coming at you live from underneath a blanket in my home. Um, I'm, I'm quarantined just like everybody else. These are tough times we're living in, man. I'm joined, as always, by producer extraordinaire, Coach T. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm all right. This is uh, this is starting to wear me out, all this The shit, quarantine you know? stuff? Yeah, man. It's it's taking me down. I know it sounds like a dream to you because <laughs> you're busy as hell. No, I wish I wasn't busy, but I'm such a busybody. I wish I wasn't doing anything. I know, I know. It sounds, that's the thing. Everybody is always like, oh, I wish I could just stay home. But then you, it, it wears on you mentally over time. It really <laughs> does. Dude, the other day I woke up and I had a note in my phone from the night before. I had a note in my phone from the night before that just said, I want a puzzle. That's <laughs> really a low level. Yeah, because I like, I, I probably had some, you know, I had, I, it was, I was real tired and I could not, I could not let myself forget that I need a puzzle. That's a low. We're getting, yeah. Puzzles are tough. That's like prison entertainment. I know. That's that's where we're at because I don't have very fast internet where I'm at, and uh, my video. I'm. I didn't bring enough video games. I didn't know I was going to be in LA for this long. 
So I only brought like three games, and I, I'm wearing myself out playing 2K. I played NBA 2K on 12-minute quarters the other night. 12-minute <laughs> quarters? I played a whole NBA <laughs> game. I scored 220 <laughs> points. I scored, I got 35 uh, assists with my my player, uh, oh my who's goodness. ugly as hell, and I hate looking at him. I'm just getting tired yeah. of all of this. I've, I'm doing all the things I thought I would do in quarantine, where it, but and it, you run out of things so fast. I'm trying to work out. It's so funny. I'm seeing people on Twitter being like, when I come out of this, I'm going to weigh 157 more pounds than I did before, and I'm not yeah. showering even. Why aren't people showering, man? I, you can shower. Know. It's free. <laughs> you could just shower. Take care of yourselves, guys, because it's, it's going to be a long run, I think. I mean, it really feels like we're stuck in this I, for I a think, minute. I think in the metropolitan areas, I think it's going to be longer than what people are thinking. So what do you think? Like... You think people in like Oklahoma are just going to be living it up, rubbing it in our faces in the in the metropolitan areas? Well, we I was talking tonight with uh, you know one of the lovely Comedy Central staff members, and they're living in Tennessee, and she was like, "Well, it's like okay over here. Like there's still stuff on the shelves, and people are kind of out, and you know." I was like, "Wow!" So it's I think it's hitting our bigger cities a little bit harder than than most of the country. Yeah, I mean it for sure is. But I mean, my brothers are still working. It's uh, it's what, crazy out what, there, and not essential what, shit. What, what field do they work in? My bro, one of my brothers is in construction, and it's like people are just bored, so they're like, "Build me a damn weird table or whatever with my kids' faces on it." You know, like okay. people are like so bored at home right now. They're like, "I should get all that shit done I was thinking about doing in uh, 1983, and uh, now I have all the time in the world, so I'm gonna do it." And people are yeah. doing the same thing with hospitals. Where they're like, I need to now. Walk-in clinics are finally shutting down, which is good. But like, because like, if you just have like, dude, I used to work in hospitals. I worked in a hospital for eight years, and people yeah. will just come in because they're bored. They'll go, you really? know, I sniffled last Tuesday, and I I have nothing in my life, so I'm gonna get some attention by going to the emergency department. And now people aren't doing that, which is good. But for a little bit. People were doing that even more than ever because they were just bored at home and they yeah. had nothing to do, and it was clogging up space for people who was who were really sick. You know, you know, it's a really weird time because a lot of people are bored out of their minds, but there are a lot of people who are bored on top of being terrified that they're not going to be able to pay their rent, pay their bills. I think a lot about people in New York right now where the rent is so high. So if you love live comedy, especially if you live in New York and you have a little extra to give. I really hope you'll give it to to people who work at places like the Comedy Cellar. The Comedy Cellar is this like haven for comedy, and such a big part of that is the wait staff. They know what they're doing. A lot of those people are like family because they've been there for decades, and they've put all their eggs in this basket, and without it, they're really fucked because there's not really a retirement plan for a lot of these people, like a lot of these places. You know, it's it's really check by check for a lot of wait staffs in this country. And I, I really hope uh, if you have extra, you can help people out. But I know everybody's struggling, so, you know, do what you can uh, to support live comedy. And speaking of live comedy, I got some clips for you guys today. Yeah, what do you got today? Dude, I one thing I've been doing, one thing that's been keeping me sane is that to do this podcast, obviously, Comedy Central gave me the keys to all of their stand-up. I have all of it. And uh, I'm going to, hey, I'm not selfish. I'm going to share it with you guys. Don't worry. 
I, uh, I've been digging through it and I found some great stuff. It really has kept me sane to just be able to, to, to watch a bunch of comedy. And I, I hope you guys are doing something for your sanity, listening to podcasts, watching comedy, listening to music. Um, I watched a ton this week, but the stuff I want to play for you this week is a clip. It's a, it's a few clips from Patrice O'Neill's comedy central half hour which I don't know if people know about. I know a, a lot of people, uh, if you I, know Patrice, you know him big. from... Yeah, Elephant in the Room is really big. but uh, And I think his, his Comedy Central Presents is probably popular, but I a lot of people don't know about these. So mm. I found some clips from it that I think you guys will love. It, you know, Patrice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about him after you guys hear the clip, but man, what an incredible performer. The other clip I want to show you guys is from Matt Bronger, and that clip is called Owls. You may know this bit. It's Matt Bronger's first signature bit, I think. He used it to close his first album, Soak Up the Night. It's incredible. He did it on Letterman. It's the bit that made me fall in love with him instantly. I I had not heard of him. I saw that bit, and I said, I'm a fan for life of this dude because it was so funny to see how he performed it. Just a monster performer and writer, and that is a rare combo a lot of people are great writers he's both and he has a new album out called please hold me uh but for for now here's patrice o'neill and matt bronger like white women make me real nervous white women make me nervous as hell not right now because it's witnesses but i'm talking about <laughs> like at night when they by themselves you know what i mean walking towards me she could be nervous too i'm a big dude like oh jesus you know big black guys walking towards me I hope he doesn't <laughs> Hope he doesn't grab, you know, getting that fantasy going. Hope he doesn't grab me with his big black arms and <laughs> throw me in a trunk. And I'm thinking the same thing, like, oh, Jesus. I hope nobody kills this white woman because I'm going to get blamed for it. <laughs> That's why, I look, I do a lot of stuff to protect myself, man. I keep my receipts. Uh, I collect receipts, because that's a trailer where you've been, man. You, everywhere I go, I get a receipt. I don't care, and I never go more than a half hour without buying something, because you can kill somebody in a half hour, and then you ain't gonna have, you need an alibi. So every 15 minutes, I buy something, uh, stick of gum. Can I get my receipt for that, please? We don't have receipts for gum, my friend. Well, you're gonna have to, uh, we don't have receipts. Well, look, you don't have to write me one or something. I gotta have the receipts. We don't have receipts, and then, you know. If it's like that, I'll end up arguing with him just to, you know, so he remembers me, you know what I mean? Give me my damn receipt, pussy. What? You heard me, punk? That's you, kiss my ass. Yeah, kiss my ass too, what time is it? 5.15. All right. with me at 5.15, you wasn't up killing someone because you're really f***ing with me. That's why I don't litter. I don't throw garbage in the street. Not because I care about the earth, but I'm afraid I'm going to be walking through the park drinking a soda and when I'm done, I just throw it on my shoulder, flower bush, and land on some dead white woman's head with my fingerprints on the can. Now I'm the Pepsi-Cola rapist because I'm lazy. I'd be skinny if I had to kill my own food, man. <clears throat> I'm glad, I, I'm really glad my food comes murdered for me. If I had to shoot a cow in the face for my hamburger, you know you trick a cow, you, you know you, you know how dead you are, cow, I'm ready to eat a, and the cow's just looking at me, you know, 
You'd be like, damn, I can't kill a cow. I could kill fish, though. Because fish don't have any eyebrows, you know what I mean? Fish. We do a lot of stuff to fish that ain't right. Because as soon as you catch it, it's suffocating, but the eyes don't, so it don't, it can't scream, you know? So you just want to hurt a fish. That's the same for dude. If you were stabbing a dude and he just was standing there, not blinking and not saying, but he can't breathe and his eyes ain't, and he just. <laughs> but he really dying. He's like, mm, you better act, you better blink. And it's just. <laughs> Kill him. So poor fish. They had to do. Uh, I just started realizing I was American, man. I never thought I was American, you know what I mean? Till I left, you know? Or to the, to the you know, the attacks, man. I didn't like America, nobody. Eh? Black people don't like America. But now I do, you know, because I travel. They hate us in other countries, man. When I go to other countries, man, I look for, you know, I look for people, I don't care if you got uh, KKK on your knuckle and, Big time redneck, man. If I see you in another country, you're like, you're my, you're my brother, because they hate us, man, the same. <laughs> Call you yank. Yank. And they say it with that yank, that real evil. Because <laughs> we're arrogant. That's why they hate us. Because we're arrogant. Our arrogance is far superior than anyone else. Because we, we don't care with our arrogance. Because we we're not number one in anything, I don't think. Basketball, whatever, sports. But we're not even number one in that, really. And we're just arrogant, we don't care. We don't know the name of nobody else's president. <laughs> they know GW, they know him. Other countries know GW, ask somebody. But the thing is, why they hate us is because we don't know and we don't care. Because you'd be like, what's say? Do you know the name of my country's leader? You'd be like, no, and they'd be like, well, his name? You'd be like, I don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear that. We, re, we refer to our sports champions as world champs, and we don't play nobody else in the whole world. We just play people from other cities, man. The Los Angeles Lakers are the world champs of Los Angeles and the rest of the world, because nobody can stop Shaq anyway, so we world champs. I'm so arrogant, when I travel to other people's countries, I refer to them in their own country as foreigner. I act like they visiting me. I look at them like, oh, where are you from, man? Where are you from? What clothes you got on, foreigners? Oh, who the? What is this language you're speaking here in Turkey? Speak English! We feel safe, don't we? Yeah, GW. A lot of people don't like GW. I like him because I feel safe with him. Times of war, this is great. He a crazy cracker. Our president is a crazy <laughs> cracker. <laughs> Chew tobacco and all type of stuff. Kill you in a minute, man. We just feel safe. We feel comfortable. We like Clinton because all of hey, got a but if he was in office, man, oh, Lord, but GW. You see what he's doing to Saddam? Saddam don't want none of us. 
He don't, man. He's trying his best to, please come in my country. Please check everything. And, and G GW's like, did he? He just called me a pussy, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? No, my friend. He sound like one of them dudes selling you a coat. My friend. My friend. Please. My friend. I give you a good price. Please. Don't do this, my friend. Oh, wait, what? 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 What are you saying? That's George W., man. He's, he's dying. They don't want nothing. He's, he's crazy. He's crazy. And we don't care. You know, you know, ripped off the presidency on some mob stuff. He, just, he stole it on some gangster. <laughs> we don't even care. We're like, eh, whatever, man. He was like, Al Gore won Florida, and, and Daddy Bush just went night then. He didn't even say how he knew. He just went then. <laughs> we don't care. Is that crazy cracker got his hand on the button? What? What? Huh? What? Excuse me? What? What'd he say? Just said my mama didn't. He didn't know. George, don't! And they're not gonna build a World Trade Center shorter. It can't happen. They win. If they build it shorter, they might build it 60 stories, but then they'll put another 80 stories of cardboard on it and make it look taller, shaped. Shaped like middle fingers, uh, <laughs> the lights blinking off and on. <laughs> we don't care. After they blow up New York, they're gonna move to Chicago, blow up Chicago, then blow up Los Angeles, and then it'll be all finished. We'll be finished. I mean, not finished, but they'll be done. They'll be like, hey, all right, cool. I mean, three states. Then they don't know how crazy we are. We'll just go punk Canada into being a new New York. We'll just be like, come here, Canada, come here, man. shut the f come here. Come here, come here. And they'd be like, hey, what do you want, A? A my ass, come here, come here. You're the new New York. Toronto is the Bronx. Uh, <laughs> Montreal is Harlem. I'm waiting for them to attack another state. That'd be nice, right? Just to be like, whoa, you know, like Nebraska or whatever, Nebraska, you know. But they not, but people in Nebraska nervous, oh, they gonna go get the corn, we gotta be careful. They not. People in Iowa worried about all the cereal factories being under attack, it ain't gonna happen. Six tractors were hijacked today and driven into a cereal factory in Iowa. It's a terrible sight here, Jim. We're live at the Raisin Bran factory. Raisin. Raisin silo number one is completely engulfed in flames. I think next year there's only gonna be one scoop of raisins. Then right after that, we'll have the commemorative sad cereal boxes and Tony the Tiger will be like. It's not, it's not so great right now and he's the moment of silence, Krispies, you put the milk in it, don't do for five minutes. <laughs> hey, I gotta go, man. Y'all take care, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey there, Jordan Klepper from The Daily Show and Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.
Hooray! Um, anyway, Harry Potter. Um, you know, I like them. I like the movies, I like the books, but I think they send the wrong message to our kids, and that's that it's okay to own an owl for a pet. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, I'm from Oregon, I know. Owls are made of three things. Claws, feathers, and hatred. That's it. Okay? Owls don't give a fuck, man. You ever look at the rage and hatred in an owl's eyes when it's up in that tree? Just, who? Who? Who's next to die? It's you, mouse! Owl! And I'm back hating everything that lives. Fuck you, world. That's the song in their hearts, you guys. Like, it's kind of like 101 Dalmatians. You remember that, when that movie came out and all the kids wanted Dalmatians? You know the Dalmatians, the most fucking retarded dog in dog land? Like they are, you throw a stick to a Dalmatian, he'll come back with his own leg torn off. Ah, is that what you threw? I didn't even look. Ha ha ha, Dalmatian. They yell their own names like, like Geronimo. They're bananas. That's why firemen have them. It's the only dog that'll run into a burning house like it's a regular house. You know? Yeah, you crazy dog. Go in there, see if there's a baby. Okie doke! I'm backing on fire for some reason. Is this a baby? That is a loaf of bread. How are you alive? But the kids want owls. Look, I know a lot of you guys are like, fuck this guy, I'm going to the all-night owl store downtown. And you know there is one. There has to be one. You're deep enough, you know? But don't do it. Do not buy your kid an owl, okay? Because a friend of mine found a baby owl that fell out of a tree during a storm, right? He put in his pickup, like a baby owl. Can you imagine anything cuter than a baby owl? Yeah, don't hurt your brain, it's impossible. Not even a kitten with an eye patch is cuter than a baby owl. And that's fucking cute, little pirate kitten, you know? Miar, right? So cute, so cute. Baby owl, cuter, you know? So my friend gets this baby owl home and calls the Humane Society and he's like, hey, I found a baby owl, how do I raise it? The guy at the Humane Society was like, let it go, dick. The Humane Society called him a dick. Like their name means the be nice society. You know they weren't fucking around. But they told him this, they said an owl that you raise in captivity will never stop trying to attack you. You, it knows who you are. Imagine having this animal in your home growing strong off its hatred of you. It's in the cage doing owl prison exercises, getting ready. Little tattoos, I fucking hate Greg on his arm. You know, just sitting there getting ready, waiting for that day, makes his Hannibal Lecter-like escape, wearing another owl's face. Surprise, I'm not the good owl, death. Right in your face. Like you come home, he's just taunting you. Hey, Alex, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, it's me, your owl. How'd it go at work? Oh, I didn't get that promotion, huh? Oh, that sucks. Know what else sucks? I'm gonna fucking kill you when I get out. Yeah, you're dead. Oh, you're gonna go hide in the kitchen? You can never hide from me. My head goes all the way around. You're dead. All right, stay loose. Prepare for war. Stay loose. Thank you, guys. All right. Okay, we are back and stand up with Tom Picard. That was Patrice O'Neill and Matt Bronger. Man, 
If you didn't love that, Patrice O'Neal said, I don't know what I can do for you because it's so funny listening back to these sets, especially the stuff from the, from the Bush era, because so much of the language is a lot like the Trump language, and it really calms me down because <laughs> people are so intense politically right now. And it's, I mean, it's a crazy time, but it was a crazy time then too, because this is... I think pretty shortly after 9-11, you can tell, because the last bit, he's talking about George W.'s response to 9-11, but man, Patrice, there's so few comics like him. He, he might be, he's arguably the best of all time, and if he had kept going, I think he would have had one of the most prolific, brilliant careers of all time, because in this special, I watch a lot of these, and a lot of them are joke-packed, and they're great. But what Patrice does is he talks about what is happening right the fuck now. Like, it's so real. People connect to them immediately. And I watched it like three times. He gets a standing ovation at the end. Not everybody gets that. It's it's not canned. You can watch it, all of them. You rarely see a standing ovation. Uh, that bit about being American that he does. The line that really sold me on I have to play this this week is where he's talking about how Americans are so cocky. We don't know other countries' presidents, and we don't want to know. And they'll be like, oh, well, let me tell you. And he's like, no, don't tell me that shit. And it's <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. His thing about killing fish. You got to watch this set, too, because him and Bronger are both such good performers. And Like I said, a lot of comics are great writers. A lot of comics are great performers. Both these dudes bring it on both sides, and that is my favorite type of comedian. Um, that was Matt Bronger's bit, Owls, from the album Soak Up the Night. That's his first album. Like I said, I had been told a lot about Matt Bronger. When I started comedy, uh, I had a buddy who was like, you should check out Matt Bronger. I think your style really me- meshes with his. And I was like, kind of, I was kind of like, how is that possible? I've never heard of this guy. And then I watched this bit, and I was instantly in love. It's so funny. He performs the shit out of it. Uh And he has a new album out called Please Hold Me. It just came out recently. And you can hear him on a bunch of podcasts recently because he was promoting it. I just listened to him on uh, Jimmy Pardo's podcast, Never Not Funny. and It was great. And I I just love it. I I hope you guys enjoyed that. Man, watching these old specials is really taking me back to when I was a kid watching these. And I don't know. Did you watch a lot of comedy when you were like a teen? Just to get ready for the show, I was watching the Patrice one because I was like, oh, let me make sure that, you know, I know kind of what's going on. And I, I remember that one. It took me right back to when I first experienced it. It was like a defining, those are defining bits for me, especially the uh, the receipts one. Because I was like, Dude, man, that I feel just like that. That's how I feel. Because <laughs> I'm huge, you know, I'm huge and black and I've always had that weird feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I called the police the first time I met you. Uh, <laughs> As you should. It's dangerous. I said, uh, excuse me, I was supposed to be my producer. But <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it took me right back to, and it took me to a weird time nostalgically, because I, I think especially because everybody's tweeting so horny right now in quarantine. It that reminded is, me of noticed being... That. Dude, everybody is tweeting the horniest stuff right now. Uh, it's quite a time, and that reminds me—not to get off topic again—but no, this sounds like if you be have great. if you have a local strip club that you go to a lot, Venmo those people too because <laughs> that's the most dangerous place to be, probably. Uh, but no, it took me back to being a kid and watching Comedy Central just all night, and uh, 
<laughs> I remember they used to, I would fall asleep watching Comedy Central and I would always wake up around 4 a.m. when the infomercials were on and it was always Girls Gone Wild commercials. Oh, wow. And I would wake up so horny. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Tom, Tom. <laughs> I was like, man, Comedy Central has everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a buddy who was like, dude, you know, if you pause uh, the commercials for Girls Gone Wild, uh, they don't because it would be censored where like the boobs would be, and he was like, if you pause at the right point, they they haven't gotten the censor up. So I taped all those commercials. Tom, <laughs> it wasn't true. He was, and why would that be true? Why would they be like, oh, here's a little sneak peek, like as if they put those censors on in real time? They're like, we gotta get it on real fast. Could, could, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or have you been doing these these streaming shows, dude? I was gonna bring that up, and I like got stressed out just thinking about it. I have been doing <laughs> streaming shows. Yesterday, I took over Just for Laughs uh, Instagram account. I don't know if you if you know Just for Laughs. Just yeah. for Laughs is like the biggest comedy festival. It's uh, it's the one that like they always tell you like broke Dave Chappelle and like Kevin Hart and all yeah. these guys. So. I yesterday I I ran their their Instagram account and uh, I, they they were like you can go live while you're doing it on Instagram. I'm assuming you guys know what going live on it. It's it's that annoying ass notification you get yep. constantly if you have Instagram. So and so is going live yep. and most of it's trash and I am no exception. <laughs> I, I don't think because you just. I actually thought we did pretty well. I had Caleb signing on it, who's really funny, and uh, Shane Torres, my buddy, who I run a stream show with. But it's it's hard to figure out how to be in these times. And a lot of people shit on this stuff, but it actually is kind of good for working out jokes. So who knows? Man. There's a lot. There's a lot of pooping going on. There's a lot. A lot of people. It's a divide in the middle. It's like it's like Trump. It's like either they're for the streaming shows or they're like everybody needs to chill out. Dude, what? I know it's so so much animosity, and it's funny. It's from people that I really like too. For the most part, are like anybody who does this is a piece of shit. I I I think on I can, I hear arguments as it feels a little thirsty. That's what somebody would say. But then as a comedian, do you feel that you need to kind of stay sharp? Like, is this like you staying in the gym? There's two material out. There's two sides of this. Uh, yes, I do think, dude, it's hard because as a comic, it's all, it's very culty to be a stand-up comedian because there's this mm -hmm. kind of unwritten rule that if you're not going up at least three times a week, you're not a comedian. You're, you're just not, uh, you're not a stand-up at least. It's just ingrained. I was told it like six months in I, that I was going up like once a month or something. And then this dude was like, look, man, if you're not going up at least three times a week, what the fuck are you doing? And I realized it's so hard for me to shake that. And mm. even if I have another job, if I have a writing job or something, if I'm not doing stand up almost every night of the week, I don't feel good. Like I feel kind of. I feel like I'm missing something or I'm like lazy, you know? So I think a lot of comedians just don't know where to put that work ethic and it's hard to switch it. to Because I saw uh, somebody post the other day, like write sketches, do something else. And it's like, yeah, but that's not for everybody. That, not everybody is meant to do that. Some people are just great stand-up comics and you could say, well, figure it out, bitch. That takes time, <laughs> you know? That takes time to do. And everybody's going losing their minds right now is the reality. Not everybody, but a lot of people, we don't Com know what the fuck is going to happen. Comics more than other people, I feel like. You think so? 
Yeah, I absolutely. I, I see anybody who who struggles with anxiety. This is not a good time. Sure. And and I find out many of my comedian friends have anxiety uh, struggles. That's true. What I the other thing I w- I wanted to say is that yeah, it is thirsty. Comics are thirsty. There Getting on stage wanting people to laugh at you there is you fucking go. thirsty at Talk the end of the day. That. And no matter how cool you are as a comic, no matter name any goddamn stand-up comedian, I don't care who it is, there was a part of them that goes, I hope people laugh at me. Like there's this little <laughs> name any one of these motherfuckers and they and every single one of them, there's a little bit of them that goes, I need people to love me, you know? Yeah. And so to pretend like you're above it. It annoys the shit out of me. Listen, that's like, very that's very insightful because it, now looking at all my comedian friends over here at the comedy store, it's like the goal is to be thirsty without anyone knowing. Yeah, be a cool comic, dude. That is exactly it. It's the if you can somehow fly under the radar of people noticing, and that's the problem with the going live thing is some people are able to pull it off and it doesn't seem thirsty, and some people. It, it does look a little silly. I, I posted this thing that I strongly believe in, which is that we are in tough times right now mentally. I think everybody is, but especially people who perform live comedy in any way, w- whether it be improviser, sketch, whatever. Same with musicians, but comedy is more desperate because it requires a reaction. It, for most yeah. performers it, within comedy, the goal is to make people laugh. Like that is the idea. That is how you know you did a good job, basically. And if you're not getting that, you're gonna tr- try to be creative and how to get to it. And I think a lot of people are gonna try a lot of shit, and a, most of it is gonna be dog shit. And that's okay. It's gotta be okay. You know, we just gotta let it be okay. I think because if you want the people who get really judgmental about it and shit on them publicly, I think. What's going to happen is comedy is going to go down this weird road of like, when this comes back, some people are going to have nothing new to say. And the mm. people who have been trying shit out at least will have something, I think. I, I don't know if that's true, but if, I don't if, fault anybody for taking shots. I just don't. If it, if it makes you feel better, uh, you know, I'm a DJ and uh, I'm watching all these DJs just DJ live on the gram. And yeah. It, the part part for me is it just looks like I know you're at home by yourself. Like, <laughs> Dude, everybody I know. put your hands up. <laughs> I'm like, hey, buddy, you're at home. Do you think that's, <laughs> you think that's worse? Because at least, yeah, there is something about the energy of doing yeah. that. <laughs> I, I know that. To me, that's just interesting. But I mean, but so DJs funny. are killing it right now. Like yeah, well, it. it makes sense because people are still not everybody's alone at home. But even the people who are there, pe- there's already been kind of a movement in this with silent discos and shit, yeah. where people want to experience the idea of a concert or like a dance party or rave or something yeah. with their own home or like in silence almost, but with headphones on. So it, the the moves were already kind of getting there. Same with yeah. comedy where people were already kind of doing this shit. Even okay. before, people were going Instagram live before all this stuff and just yeah, but now talking it's like, to people. Oh, you know what I think it is now? I think it's like, it's gotten crowded. So it's like, it has it, gotten crowded. It used to be <laughs> like, Hey, I don't know anyone in Hollywood. So I'm going live and I'm, and I'm carving out my own platform. But now it's like, you're competing with Trevor Noah and competing yeah, with like so Shaq. True. And you're like, Hey man, get the hell away from us. Like this is my <laughs> area. <laughs> All right. Speaking of comics, you guys are going to love this next comic. Molly Carney. This set is on Comedy Central Stand-Up's YouTube page. 
where you can see all kinds of content that you can't find anywhere else, just like this set from Molly Carney. I, I dress, well, I dress myself every day. <laughs> Unless I'm hungover, then the day before dresses me. I like love beer, but beer does not love me back. <laughs> I'll wake up in the morning sometimes from a hangover and I'll be like, ah, that's me trying to cry. I'm just so dehydrated. You guys ever get so hungover where you cross your legs laying down to give you the feeling of sitting up for the day? If I'm really bad in the hole, I'll call my mom and I'll be like, hey mom, it's me, Molly. She's like, yeah, I pay your cell phone bill. What's wrong? I was like, um, I wanted to thank you for giving birth to my 12 pound baby body. And I'm sorry for everything. Uh, I'm an organ donor. This is the last day on earth for me. I'm dying. <laughs> One day I decided to take go to the bar in the morning and, you know, get ahead of the hangover. And I grabbed my pals and I ordered some dirty Shirley's to spice it up a bit. And I took a sip and this is where you're gonna have to follow me to the bathroom because it went down like a rocket. Uh, and I squeezed my butt cheeks together so hard. I could have cracked an egg and made you an omelet. <laughs> I get to the bathroom stall and I do the sign of the cross because I'm still Catholic in a crisis. And then, all of a sudden, I hear something in the stall next to me that I have never heard in a bathroom before. It's a lady's voice, and she goes, one, two, three, ho, oh, come on. <laughs> and then, I just, everything kind of just sucked right back up on me, and I was like, totally fine. I'm like, what am I even doing in here, you know? <laughs> so I decided to do the neighborly thing, and I went and I checked on her, and I said, uh, knock, knock, excuse me, ma'am. Do you need a hand? She's like, sweetie, I'm trying to get my father off the toilet. That's when I morphed into my dad and uh, I said, ma'am, step aside. Was nose to nose with a 90 year old guy and I said, sir, my name's Molly. I'm gonna be getting you off this toilet today. I know I look like a mirage from the sandlot, but I am real and in this scenario, you are my beast. So I wrapped my hungover, weak body around his bare back because for some reason his daughter also took his shirt off, perhaps for a better grip. And I reached the, I touched the cookie dough back on him and I whispered, on my count. And I went one, two, three. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. I said, hey, yeah. And he said, what the hell is going on? All right, that was Molly Carney, and you can see that whole set on the Comedy Central stand-up YouTube page. And if you like the comics you heard today, like Matt Bronger, you'll also love my friend, the hilarious Sean Patton. This is the Tom Takargarhythm, just like Netflix does, where they say if you like this, you'll like this. I've got a little algorithm myself, and I'm going to give you comics you'll love. If you like the comics I play you, if you like Bronger, you'll also love comics like M.K. Paulson and Blair Saki, big performers who are hilarious. 
If you like Patrice, check out my buddy Sean Jackson. That's S-H-A-W-N. I host an audition show he was on last year. He blew me away, and he's a lot like Patrice uh, in that he says things that are risky but makes it hilarious. Sam J you'll also love, and I think you'd also love Mike Vecchione. Guys, I hope you liked the show today. If you did, like, subscribe, and share. Check out Comedy Central's YouTube. Like, subscribe, share that. And tell a friend, you know. Uh, Till next week, I'm Tom Takar. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts.